How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Monday here on the show, you know what that means. We'll talk about Raw and everything after a while, but obviously we got some very big stories from this past weekend and a lot of news that is not good news. Scott Hall will be taken off life support once his family is in place. Kevin Nash wrote on Instagram, Life support will be removed for Scott Hall, who suffered three heart attacks on Saturday following complications from hip surgery. Scott's on life support, Nash wrote. Once his family is in place, they will discontinue life support. I'm going to lose the one person on this planet I've spent more of my life with than anybody else. My heart is broken, and I am so very sad. I love Scott with all my heart, and now I have to prepare my for a life without him in the present. I have been blessed to have a friend that took me at face value, and I him. Hall's been in the hospital since March 1st after suffering a broken hip that required surgery. Complications started when a blood clot became loose. Obviously, Hall is best known for his run in WWE's Rays Ramon, later in WCW as a founding member of the NWO, four-time WWE Intercontinental Champion, seven-time Tag Team Champion in WCW, etc., etc. So we can talk about Scott Hall here on the show today. Not looking good at this moment. Also, in what is bad news, but, I mean, as far as, like, bad news goes, it's about the best... The outcome is about as best as you can hope for such bad news. Big E was on SmackDown Friday. He was given an overhead belly-to-belly and landed on his head and broke his neck. He broke his C1 and his C6. If you're anything about broken necks, your C1 vertebrae, a lot of people that break that one, that's the end of them. They either are uh, paralyzed for life or dead. Somehow he broke his C1 and C6. Won't even need surgery. We can talk about more after the break. Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Alive. Mike Sempervivi isn't here. I just realized he's not here today. I'll find out what's going on here in a moment. In fact, let's do it here on the air because, you know, that's what we do on this show is uh, find out what's going on. My guess is he's asleep. All right, let's get into the news here. Obviously, we talked about uh, Scott Hall and uh, Big E as the two top stories. Scott Hall is uh, on life support, which, according to Kevin Nash, will be... Uh, he will be removed from life support when his uh, family is in place. So that is the latest on Scott Hall. And uh, as noted, Big E suffered a broken neck on SmackDown. And uh, yes, I said he broke his C1 and C6. It's it's semantics. I guess the C1 and C6 were fractured, but the doctor said his neck was broken. So anyway, not good. But what is good is that uh, he will not need surgery. And presumably, uh, I mean, he's got uh, full use of his arms, legs, fingers, digits. And uh, hopefully this means that he will be back in action sooner rather than later. He even joked, pro tip, if you're going to break your neck, do it in Birmingham. Because, of course, that's where all of the uh, major surgeries are done if you get yourself injured in WWE. So, um So that's that. We have a question here. 
Uh, thoughts, you know, what do you, what do you think about the whole idea that he even took an overhead belly to belly on the mats outside on SmackDown? So here's the thing, uh, to me regarding this move right here, the, the, listen, outside it is, it is matted. Okay. The mats on the outside are, are, uh, your one and a half inch, uh, wrestling mats, basically, so, you know, if you ever watch uh, Olympic wrestling and uh, if you watch freestyle Olympic wrestling, you know, there's there's dudes that get picked up and thrown hard in in Olympic uh, wrestling competition. And they're landing on the same mats as uh, the mats you're landing on outside. So it's not like you're landing on cement. It, it's obviously different from, you know, taking a bump in the middle of the ring, which is the the bounciest and the the best place to take a bump. But you are you are still landing on a, a padded area. That's number one. Number two, when they, um, you know, when when you talk, they talk about the hardest part of the ring being the the ring apron, etc. Yes, in the middle of the ring, there's a lot of give. There's less give on the ring apron, but the the mat that covers the ring itself that extends. the The padded area that extends all the way to the end, and usually curves over so you know you take a bump on the the apron and it is there is less give but it is just as padded as as anywhere else so what's the point the point is if you take a proper overhead belly to belly would i would i like to be taking overhead belly to bellies on the matted area on the floor i wouldn't but you know, if you're taking a, a vertical suplex, your body's going up and down this way. It's roughly the same as taking an overhead belly-to-belly on the floor. Unless, of course, you land on top of your head like Big E did. If you watch the injury to Big E, I mean, if he would have landed like that in the middle of the ring, he probably would have suffered the exact same injury. I mean, that's a that's a 280-pound guy or whatever literally falling straight down on his head and neck. So I'm not sure it would have been any better to take that bump inside the ring. I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of overhead belly-to-belly suplexes, and they very, very rarely go wrong. So if the question is, would I ban that move? I would not ban the overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Would I make sure that the person delivering the overhead belly-to-belly suplex knows exactly how to do it? Of course. And, you know, there's also, you know, this... this. If you ever watch Drew McIntyre do an overhead belly-to-belly suplex, he grabs people around the waist, but as he throws, he also takes one of his hand and he bumps them over. As opposed to just doing the Kurt Angle style or the Brock Lesnar where you just grab them and you go and and they flip over. I mean, I prefer the way that Drew does it in the sense that most people may not even notice it, but you're doing essentially the same move, but you're also giving them that little bump to help turn them over in case something goes wrong. I would prefer if it was done that way, but this was, it was an accident. I don't know what went wrong, you know, it's not that much harder of a bump on the outside than a lot of other bumps if done correctly. So it was an it was an accident that happened, and if it would have happened in the ring, on the ramp, pretty much anywhere. I mean, a 280-pound guy landing straight up and down on his head like that, I mean, it's gonna there's gonna be it's gonna be a poor 
outcome. So I don't think that everybody should be getting all over Ridge Holland. You know, I, I watched it. I, I mean, I don't even really know what went wrong. The guy didn't rotate enough. But sometimes when you see a botched move, I mean, it's abundantly clear what went wrong with that botched move. And obviously something went wrong here, but it wasn't something where when I watched it, it's like, well, of course the guy landed on his head. The whole thing got completely screwed up. It clearly got screwed up, but it's not like some things where, you know, it's very obvious what went wrong, why it went wrong, et cetera, et cetera. So thankfully, Big E appears to be uh, on the road to recovery, hopefully quickly. Hopefully he can get back in the ring. I mean, it wasn't that move, but, you know, I was way more concerned for years about, you know, when Big E did that running tope and just crashed so hard on the outside over and over. I thought for sure something bad was going to happen there, but it never did. And, uh, you know, maybe when he comes back, maybe avoid stuff like that. But hopefully he can come back and do everything he did before. I'm glad he's all right. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad it didn't turn out worse because watching that bump like 99 times out of 100, I think it probably would have ended up much, much worse. Scott Hall. What can you say about Scott Hall? You know, obviously, uh, the most notable run of Scott Hall's career was when they came in as the outsiders. And, uh, you know, it's been talked about ad nauseum for years, but uh, the outsiders in world championship wrestling. And I don't want, I don't want people to listen to this and go, ah, Brian, it was saying, uh, listen, it's not. I'm not denigrating Kevin Nash or running down Kevin Nash, okay? But what I'm saying is, if you watched The Outsiders when they first came in before they were linked with Hulk Hogan, I don't want to say that it was like the Scott Hall show because it took both of them, but holy smokes is Scott Hall. This guy had the charisma of like 50 men. And I'm not sure that it if it would have been like, you know, Kevin Nash and uh, if they would have chosen Kevin Nash and Lex Luger or Kevin Nash and, um, you know, who else might have jumped over that time? Ted DiBiase, whatever. I'm not sure any other group, it would have been as big as it was with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall because Scott Hall had so much charisma and and he like I felt, was the guy that at the very beginning held this whole thing together as like a, a mega superstar type group. And then, of course, once he had Hulk Hogan, it was off to the races and everything like that. But uh, I don't know if Hall gets enough credit for, you know, doing as much as he did when this when this act first came over from, from, uh, from WWF. So obviously, you know, once once he started to have his problems... I mean, it was uh, it was a rough road. Even at his worst, he still had so much charisma. I mean, he could come out and, you know, clearly he wasn't in the best state of mind, but he could get in the ring and do his hey-yo, and the people would go absolutely crazy. And and uh, super charismatic guy. I always thought he was a, a great worker. And, uh, you know, there were some people that thought that he was he was a little bit overrated as a worker. Maybe in some ways he was, but I thought that he was great. He was He was smooth. He could have good matches. He would never hurt you. Uh, he connected with the fans. He was he was way way better as Scott Hall in uh, in WCW than he was as Razor Ramon, and he was a big star as Razor Ramon. But I felt that he was far more charismatic under his real name doing that character than he was as you know 
the fake whatever he was his razor mug we can talk more about Scala Hall uh, Scott Hall after the break Wrestling Observer Live I am in fact here on the show Wrestling Observer Live Brian Alvarez here Mike Sempervivi I do not know where he's at but I guess we will uh, we'll see if he shows up here today Daylight Savings Time my guess is that he is a he is asleep right now. So, a um, couple of other things. We'll we'll talk more about uh, Hall and Biggie when we get into the feedback here. But uh, Raw is tonight, and uh, tonight we're going to find out if Cody has signed or not. Because if Cody has signed, he's going to be on the show tonight. I guess it's also possible he has signed and they've changed plans, but uh, the plans, even as of this weekend, were still Cody and Seth Rollins if if Cody signs his deal. So uh, if he is signed, he is expected to be on the show tonight. And uh, if he is not signed, then obviously he's not going to be on the show tonight. And if he is not signed yet, then I guess we'll find out if they are going to uh, hold off and uh, continue the presumption that he will face Seth Rollins or if they will move Seth Rollins on to something else. Because they've been doing house shows this weekend, and uh, Seth Rollins was uh, added to the, uh, uh, I guess it would be Finn Balor and Damian Priest feud. Uh, they've been th- doing three ways this weekend. So presumably, if they can't figure out, uh, if they can't get the, the Cody deal done, then uh, Seth Rollins does have a clear path to WrestleMania, everybody. He will be involved most likely in a three-way. But uh, we'll find out tonight. I... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I have absolutely no idea. It's like one of those, uh, you know, when when people go, oh, you think such and such? I have no idea what's going to happen in AEW. And I have no idea what's going to happen with Cody. Do I think he's going to be there tonight? Well, I don't know. I I can't even say one way or the other. What I could tell you is that uh, this was the place that they were expecting him to debut. So if he debuts, he debuts. And if he doesn't, we'll see what happens. Also, this weekend at our shows, who should return to action but Becky Lynch? So uh, she had done a house show, I guess it would have been a week ago, and she suffered a broken voice box, she said. And uh, she was not at Raw. Actually, she was at Raw. She was backstage, but she was not on TV. But she'd been hospitalized over the weekend. This would have been March 6th in Allentown, Pennsylvania. She suffered the uh, the broken voice box. And uh, she's in the hospital. She's got the gimmick. She shows up at Raw the next day. She can't talk. And uh, the word we were given was, they expect that she's going to be back in time for WrestleMania. I thought, wow, that seems like it's going to be pretty quick. Well, lo and behold, she was back doing house shows this weekend. So... She's good to go for WrestleMania. So I presume that she will be on the show tonight. Uh, but I guess anything is possible. We also had WWE revealing the newest member of this year's WWE Hall of Fame class. It was announced via Complex, whatever that is, uh, that Charmel will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame over WrestleMania week this April. Joins The Undertaker and Vader in the 2022 Hall of Fame class. I was so happy, she told the Complex after learning she was going into the Hall of Fame. I didn't even know what to say. It was an unexpected great surprise, a welcome surprise. Somebody asked if she was the first WWE Hall of Famer that had gotten a negative five-star rating. And the answer is no! 
that would go to the Bushwhackers, who once faced the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in a tag team match at the Heroes of Wrestling, which actually I gave uh, significantly less than five stars to. Minus five stars would have been like uh, uh, praising that particular match. It was so bad. And then also on the subject of the Huffmans, nearly a month after Booker T backtracked, after initially breaking the news, Roxy has reportedly signed a WWE contract and will start in NXT. PW Insider reported the news on Monday during a mid-February appearance on Ariel Helwani's MMA Hour. Booker T said the 20-year-old had signed a deal, but later tweeted that he misspoke. Because this company is weird and... Uh, they don't want you announcing anything until either they have announced it or they have given the news to somebody else to announce where they can announce that somebody else announced it because it seems like you're a bigger deal when somebody else is breaking your news, except if it's like, you know, Wrestling Observer or PW Insider or something, then that doesn't count. But anyway, she's been signed for a while. So, there you go. And I hope she does well in NXT. And honestly, I expect... Oh, here, here he goes. She's going to do well in NXT. Roman Reigns has also been added to two stops on WWE's upcoming European house show tour. Reigns is going to be wrestling in London on April 29th, Paris on April 30th. They've got a tour from April 21st through May 1st. This is their usual. They usually do a post-WrestleMania European tour. And so uh, they've added Roman and Ronda, which to me probably means, you know, we got to sell some tickets. Because that's what they normally do when they need to sell some tickets. So, there you go. We're going to go to some feedback. And uh, I may open up the phone lines in the next segment if you've got memories and uh, things you want to talk about regarding Scott Hall. And uh, we can also, if you want to, talk about the Rampage show on Friday night. And the SmackDown show on Friday night as well. Which had a very good main event. It was weird. It actually was main evented by... um, Sami Zayn and Ricochet. That was the main event of SmackDown. Sami Zayn and Ricochet. Although they they did end with a... um, As I attempt to not sneeze here, and I have no mic to cover for me. uh, They did end with a brawl. Charlotte Flair and uh, Ronda Rousey. Huh? Don't look at the light. That's what they say. Don't look at the light. All right. Scott Hall was awesome, this person said. I never got to see him wrestle live because his peak was before I was born. But looking back at his matches with the guys like Brett and Sean, they're amazing. And his importance to wrestling history is undeniable. Yeah, like I said, I was a way bigger fan of him as Scott Hall than Razor Ramon. Those Razor Ramon, the vignettes were just so wacky. And he ended up doing a good job with the character. But, I mean, this is like a a classic example of... You know, we've talked about it a million times. No matter how good you are at uh, at playing a character, you're still better at being yourself. And uh, and he was himself when he was Scott Hall. And when he was Ray Ramon, he was uh, was it a fake Cuban? Is that what it was? So uh, you know, but it was you know there was um, you know he used some of the the Razor Ramon mannerisms. When he went to uh, to World Championship Wrestling, when him and Kevin Nash jumped over, I mean, there was a lawsuit filed by WWE that uh, that uh, WWE was using their intellectual property because even though they, you know, they they called him Scott Hall, 
I mean, he used the line about, you know who I am. He had the, you know, the whole gimmick and everything like that. So, uh, you know, that was... But he, he, he changed. He went, he went full Scott Hall there after a while. And it was a, I thought, a big improvement. This person says, uh, It's funny, growing up as a wrestling fan, my mom and my aunt would occasionally watch with me. My mom hated Scott Hall while my aunt loved him and always had such a huge crush on him. One time I free, uh, freeze-framed a picture of him in picture-in-picture tease my aunt with and it accidentally burned an imprint in the tv that lasted a week remember back in the day when you had to have like a screensaver or you would uh you know burn an imprint into your uh, cathode ray monitor some of you youngsters are like what is this guy talking about Jiminy christmas regardless of this he says i still do some of his mannerisms in the mirror like slicking the hair pumping the chest while stomping the floor to show off the man had charisma. It's sad to have a world without him. I'm glad he sobered up to enjoy the world for his last few years. He will be missed dearly. This person says, Scott really got hey yo over as a catchphrase. He was that good. Rest in power. Man, he would stand out there and he would just build it up forever. And then he'd... Uh... Oh, here's Mike. Yeah. He sent me a text that I cannot... Uh... I can't... Uh... I don't know what he's talking about, but I'll I'll uh, I'll contact him during the break. So, uh, oh, you know what? I know where he's at, and I can now. Yeah, I forgot about this. It's actually my fault. He didn't no show. He told me uh, last week he's actually going to see the boogie woogie man Jimmy Valiant live. I forgot about that. My fault. He didn't sleep in. There you go. Brian forgot again. I'm supposed to remember he went to see the Boogie Woogie Man. All right, I'll let him know. All right, well, that's where he's at. He's out seeing Jimmy Valiant today. Totally forgot about that. All right, and actually, somebody notes here, you know, with that WWE lawsuit where they uh, they claimed that uh, Hall was using too many of the Razor Ramon mannerisms when he went to uh, World Championship Wrestling. Um his WWE, uh, WWF Razor Ramon mannerisms, remarkably similar to the Diamond Stud. Don't think that was mentioned in the lawsuit. Let's see what else we've got here. 425-780-7566, by the way, is the text message line. This person says, uh, that's about the Bullet Club. We'll get into those later. Uh, let's just largely do uh, Scott Hall and such here today. Josiah says, I met Scott Hall when I was eight. 1994. He was a replacement for Kevin Nash when Kevin Nash had travel issues. He made the show, but was late. Maybe he was also visiting the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. He shook my hand with his hand covering half of my arm and spent some time talking to me. He took the time to talk to everybody, made sure all the kids felt welcome. It was my first ever wrestling show live. It was so great, and it was a huge part of why I'm a fan today. Back in a moment, we'll drop the phone number. Wrestling Observer Live. Hey. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. If you want to contact us here today, let's talk about some Scott Hall. 425-780-7566 is the text message line. Send your text messages there. And if you'd like to give us a call with your thoughts on Scott Hall, 844-913-2727. 
That is 844-913-2727. Probably won't talk a lot about Rampage and SmackDown today, but yesterday is Brian and Vinny show. We reviewed Rampage, so if you want to check that out as a subscriber, you can do so. And uh, also for our subscribers at WrestlingObserver.com, as well as our top-tier YouTube subscribers video, .f4wonline.com. Filthy Tom and I will be up at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern, talking SmackDown and New Japan Strong, which was also main-evented by Swerve Strickland as he faced Jay White. That'll be coming up later on today, so we'll talk about these shows there. Let's go to Port's Mouth. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, what's up? Uh, Brandon here. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. My first um, view or I guess time I ever saw Scott Hall was when him and the NWO went to WWF when Vince had that whole, I'm going to poison the WWF by bringing an NWO oh. in. So like, at, so, like, at that time, I was like, oh, Scott Hall, he's one of Hulk Hogan's you know, cronies or whatever. But then, like, you know, and I never watched WCW, but I did go back and watch the Scott Hall match with Shawn Michaels, the ladder match they had. So it was it was so cool seeing a match like that because it's so much different from, like, ladder matches we see today where people are just, like, killing themselves, doing all this crazy stuff. So, it um, yeah, I'm gonna, definitely going to keep looking at more stuff I can when I can see a Scott Hall. And so sad to hear about the news. But uh, it's good that we have the great memories of him. So. All right, I want to thank you so much for the call. Yeah, that uh, that ladder match, I've talked about that match a million times, the uh, the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, Scott Hall and, and Shawn Michaels, which was amazing. Like, if you've never, if you aren't my age, uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, 35 or younger and you grew up in the days of, you know, the Hardys and the Dudleys and Edge and Christian and then all of the, the crazy ladder matches that we see nowadays, I mean, you'd watch that match and go, what? But what it is, is it's a it's a wrestling match with a ladder. And they had a great wrestling match involving a ladder. It was all about it was all about the wrestling. It was all about the selling. It was all about the the build to the big spots. And they had some creative spots and everything like that. But it is a it is a very, very different kind of match than, you know, what ended up being just you know, we're going to build 85 contraptions, and not to denigrate these matches, because many of them were, were great matches, but they're different. You know, the stunt show where we're just going to do as many crazy things as we can, and we will build to one really crazy thing at the end that will be the finish. But um, it was a very, very cleverly done match, and uh, in the finish where the ladder gets tipped over, and Sean crotches the top rope, and he gets his leg caught, and he's dangling upside down, so he can't even get out to climb the ladder to stop Scott Hall. I mean, that was a uh, that was a great match. And they did the other one too, um, which is not as famous, and I didn't think it was as good, although some people did. But uh, this person here says, uh, "Let's see, Scott Hall." Uh, Let's see. I've been watching WWF since... I don't read all these sometimes. I've been watching WWF since the 80s. I knew of WCW in the mid-90s, but just thought that it was a place where guys went when WWE did not want them. And if WWE didn't care about them, why should I? Until Hall and Nash showed up, changed the game, and made me realize there was so much more good wrestling out there. 
You know, even in 2020, I feel there are a lot of people out there who don't realize there's good wrestling out there outside of WWE. But you know what? There's a lot of it. Let's go to Canada. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Uh, I, I'm just calling from Canada here. Just wanted to share a Scott Hall moment. Uh, you know, in the 90s, everyone, there was that commercial, Be Like Mike, but I wanted to be like Razor. And uh, it's just a really sad day right now. And, like, remember, he had a huge heart. Remember when he gave those kids the Intercontinental belt that had AIDS on, uh, on Jerry Springer? Yeah. What a guy. Like, I know he had his issues and whatnot, and, like, a lot of people, you know, really really going to love him and a lot of people are you say what you want you're going to love him or hate him like he was really bad backstage apparently but i don't know man it's just a sad day well i want to thank you very much for the call and uh, i was thinking about this this earlier as well that uh you know scott hall had a lot of issues and uh you know sometimes when you're in the midst of a lot of issues there can be a lot of uh you know maybe you don't want to hang around with the guy so much but uh when he wasn't in the midst of having serious issues, everyone said such great things about what a great guy he was, what a nice guy he was. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you could see publicly was uh, I can't think of any time I ever heard of of Scott Hall, like, not wanting to put someone over, not wanting to help somebody out. He was always wanting to help people. And in the 90s, I mean, there were a lot of guys that they didn't want to do jobs, especially if they were a star never heard that about Scott Hall. And there were times, like I think it was with, uh, um, was it uh, Hector Hector Garza might have been, where Hector Garza pinned uh, Scott Hall on, on Nitro. And the point of this was, they, they did this every now and then, and, uh, you know, Kevin Nash with, with Rey Mysterio and Hulk Hogan with Kidman, and they'd, uh, you know, they'd, they'd get pinned, but they weren't putting anybody over. And, you know, there's a difference between letting someone pin you and then putting that person over. And, you know, the thing with with Hector Garza, I mean, I think it was like the first time that they had one of the big stars pinned by by one of the undercarders. I could have this wrong. But anyway, the point is, you know, he didn't really put over Hector Garza. Okay, but the difference is he would have put over Hector Garza. And everybody, everybody said that. I mean, if there was going to be an issue where you had a bunch of egos in the ring and they're all arguing and nobody wanted, Hall would have just said, "I'll do the fuck, I'll do the 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 funny, silly job." He would have just done it because at the end of the day, and this goes back to what a charismatic guy he was. When you're a a guy and you have that kind of charisma and you have that kind of self confidence. You're okay putting people over because you know that you can get it back. You know that you can get yourself over. You know that down the road, uh, no, actually, yeah, he put over uh, Chris Jericho as well. So anyway, there were many people in wrestling that did not have the level of self-confidence that Scott Hall did, and they didn't like putting guys over. And, you know, if you ever watched Ric Flair, Ric Flair was a guy who, you know, in in his personal life, he had serious issues with self-confidence. In the ring, he had no issues with self-confidence. And so that was the difference. If you're a guy who, you know, you're not really a great worker and you're not, you know, you can have 
issues or you're afraid that your spot will be taken if you if you do a job if you're a guy who's not concerned about losing your spot not concerned that you can get over not concerned you'll you'll put anybody over and and that was rick flair rick flair it was even about putting people over he would go to a town and face the local guy that nobody had ever heard of and he would he would you know let this guy not not necessarily put him over it wasn't like the guy was going to win the title or anything like that but he would give him everything in that match and uh, hall was one of those guys who you know he always wanted to help he always wanted to help the young guys he didn't have that that I'm not putting anyone over ego or anything like that. Things might have been different if he was uh, really in the middle of something, but you know, in general, when he had his head on straight, I mean, everyone always had the nicest things to say about him and how he wanted to help people. Let's go to Philadelphia. You're on the air. What's up? Hello, this is uh, Brian from Philly. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell a really cool Scott Hall story. I don't know if too many people know this, but in 2001. He went to New Japan and he was wrestling and he was the whole tour. He was building up a match against Mudo. So he wrestled a young lion by the name of Hiroshi Tanahashi. And he gives him the razor's edge. And then he grabs the mic and starts talking all this crap about Mudo. And Tanahashi pins him, which is like a young lion never pins anyone, especially (laughs) a huge star like that. But. But but Scott Hall said, this kid's money. He was telling everybody, this kid's money. And Tanahashi became one of the all-time greats. So he saw it before, before anybody. So he had definitely had a huge eye for talent. And it, and there's an interview with Tanahashi, and he talked about how it meant, you know, it was such a huge deal for him. Well, yeah. Uh, it's a really cool story. Yeah, I want to thank you very much for the call. One of the first things I saw on Twitter today was uh, Tanahashi sending out best wishes to, to Scott Hall. So... Yeah, he he would help people. He had no problem helping people. He didn't have, and and for a guy that in the '90s, I mean, he was at the very, very, very tippy top in terms of like you know the biggest superstars and most famous people in this business. He had no problem helping people. And in the '90s, a guy at that level, there weren't a lot of them like that. In fact, most of the stories were the exact opposite. Let's go to uh, Brattleboro. That could be wrong, but uh, you're on the air. What's going oh, on? Oh, you got that right. What, All right. What's going on, Brian? It's Dagan. I'm oh, Dagan. from the old landline today, so yes. shout out to the Twitch homies. Wanted to quickly share my thoughts on Scott Hall. It's uh, just such a bummer uh, to hear the news and everything. Um, possibly one of the guys that had the greatest impact on the business without ever being a world champion, and uh, just a, a heck of a worker. I'm going to probably have to go throw on one of those old Michaels versus Razor Ramon ladder matches after this because, uh, yeah, just uh, an, an amazing worker, hell of a talent, and uh, just a, a bummer to hear the news today. But, uh, yeah, have a good one, guys. All right, thanks so much for the call there, Dagan. From the old landline. Old Dagan calling in. What else do we have here in the text message bin? Uh, I'm a female fan new to wrestling. Only three years. Cultivated by AEW. I'm sad I barely got to explore matches by Scott Hall, and just when I discovered his match with Sean, I find out he's going to pass away. A lot of great Scott Hall stuff if you look around. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. Brian, any way to play Scott Hall's rap from the Wrestle Rock ad? Dom, if you're listening, Scott Hall rap from the Wrestle Rock ad. See if you can find it. Well, you're busy editing my show for replay. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Josiah's telling the same story about uh, Hall and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. This person here says, Brian, I guess I skew a little older than some of the other listeners because my first memory of Scott Hall was the AWA. I loved his team with Kurt Hennig. I remember hearing on John Arezzi's show that WCW's diamond stud was Scott Hall. Honestly, could not reconcile that it was the same baby face with the Tom Selleck mustache that I remembered from after school on ESPN. I love how much of an outpouring of love there's been for Scott Hall in the last few days. One of the true greats, and the wrestling world will be worse off for losing him. First, as I saw Scott Hall live, March of 1995, Landover, Maryland. Diesel and Razor versus Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, everyone looked great except Nash. He phoned it in, but Razor got the loudest reaction of the night, thinking of Scott Hall and his family today. I remember this person said, I had a best of WrestleMania VHS tape. Oh, here we go. Can always count on Dom. Sorry, could Bring the show. Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer Alive. This person says, I remember I had a best of a WrestleMania VHS tape that had the Sean versus Razor ladder match on. It was the match I rewatched more than any other. Served as a template for when my brother and I did ladder matches in the backyard, Ulysses. Well, you know, I have to say here as a public service message, never try this at home. But if you happen to try it at home and you want to do some ladder matches, that's the match to watch. Because as far as ladder matches go, it's safe and it's smart. And uh, that's actually the, the, the best way to describe Scott Hall, is he was safe and he was smart. Very, very smart worker. Very, very smart to, to uh, many aspects of this business. And not the least of which was, you got to know how to get yourself over. You got to know how to get the other guy over. You have to know how to do a match without killing someone. And, uh, and you have to entertain the people. What more, what more would you want? And that's what Scott Hall was great at. So um, that was from Ulysses right there. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody who uh, sent in messages here today. We can talk about this more tomorrow. And, um, you know, we, were, uh, we got the Brian V Show tomorrow, Raw 14. So uh, these are the old school Raws that Razor was a part of. So we'll talk about him on the shows tomorrow as well. And uh, final note here, this person says, I beg to differ about the SummerSlam 95 ladder match. I remember hearing Hall and HBK were barred from using the ladder as a weapon. They had to cleverly work around those limitations. And although its finish isn't as good as Mania 10, it speaks of his genius and ring psychology to put a match like that together. I enjoyed the match a little more, peeling back the curtain. Lots of love and respect for you, Dave, and to Scott Hall and his family. Well, that's it, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening today. All the best. Mike, as always, callers and listeners up in the studio, Twitch homies, top tiers. We'll talk to you in an hour with Filthy Tom, Wrestling Observer Live.